to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I'm delighted to be your host, and I'm a retail transformation specialist, a coach, a consultant, and here to help retailers define their ideal operating model and deliver the change and transformation that is needed to bring that to life, boosting profitability and relevance. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This one is episode 175. Now, I'm sure it won't have gone unnoticed that there is this somewhat important part of retail that has emerged over the last 20 or 30 years, e-commerce. <laughs> you may have heard of it, right? The rise of digital is well documented, so I don't expect to uh, give you a lowdown on that. But despite it being around for a number of years, there are still huge opportunities by truly embracing digital retail. And to help us understand more, I'm delighted to welcome a special guest joining us today, a self-confessed data geek, Ben Salmon. Ben is the author of Your Numbers Up, a book focused on e-commerce measurement for direct-to-consumer brands and retailers. Previously, he's held a number of different global roles with market technology companies like Pitney Bowes, Rap, and DDB. And now he's co-founder of We Are Crank and works directly with clients who want to take control of the customers and identify where to best focus their efforts to help grow rapidly, bringing in data, technology, marketing, commercial, strategy, and a healthy dose of common sense. Show notes for today are at obandco.uk slash 175, where you can sign up also for the Retail Transformation Briefing, the weekly email newsletter to help you keep your finger on the pulse of the ever-evolving world of retail, with key headlines, insights, ideas and innovations coming into your inbox every single week, totally for free. Sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing on the show notes today at obandco.uk slash 175. It's a cracking conversation, so without further ado, let's get into it. So a hugely warm welcome to you, Ben Salmon. I'm really glad, really delighted to have you here on the Retail Transformation Show. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for having me from our COVID chaos, I think 15 minutes in Covent Garden <laughs> to uh, finally catch up on a podcast is absolutely uh, brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a pleasure and it's nice to be able to convert sometimes digital relationships into real life relationships as well, of course. <laughs> it's an awful lot of catching up to do. But actually, leading us nicely on, Nevertheless, digital has, of course, been a huge part in all of our lives for the past couple of years. And as we look to the retail market, there are absolutely companies that have embraced digital heavily and actually are your sort of classic digital natives. But others, maybe not so much. And I'm really keen to help lay out a bit of a path in our conversation today, Ben, to embrace digital effectively. Where should someone start? Where, where should we start? What are the basics? So I think the first thing, you know, I always look at kind of measurement and financial performance 
to understand how well a brand is embracing digital. Mm. But I think that needs to go hand in hand with how how that brand is relevant in digital because you know buying bleach online might not be the be all and end all for everyone and the cost of delivery might cost more than the product itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think you know there there's an, there is a contextual element to like is it is it appropriate to sell the product and a large number of markets it is like we know that but I think more importantly is is having an understanding of how much of your revenue comes from digital. Mm. If you don't know the answer to that, you've kind of failed at the first hurdle because, you know, if the contribution is one or two percent or three or four percent, you could put in your annual report that you've grown at 200 percent. but You've grown from a baseline of rubbish to a baseline of a little bit better. So I think understanding that number, how much of your revenue comes from digital as a percentage of your total retail sales Mm. is is kind of absolutely critical for me. That's where we need to start. So, I mean, that, that leads us on. I mean, the obvious metric here that is widely publicized around social media and the news media, et cetera, is that whole wrap up of retail, you know, e-commerce as a percent of total retail sales. So it's going up and we've seen the step change from COVID, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, it's always a bit challenging because it's so different for different categories, right? Grocery versus, let's say, books is, yeah, it's, you know, that that number is far different. <laughs> how how do okay. you how do you keep track? How do you know if you're doing a good job on e-commerce as percent of total? I mean, you've got to. Uh, so, it, as you say, it's, it, there isn't perfect data around this for every sector, but you'll certainly know what your contemporaries or counterparts are doing. I think, fortunately, in a couple of markets, the UK and the US, this data is published, so we can see pretty transparently what the percentage or the share of digital revenue is as a percentage of total sales. Mm. So for example, like as a headline number in the US, we're at like 13, 14% mm-hmm. um, at last count. And then in the UK, we're at around 30%. I mean, the numbers are changing obviously month on yes. month. But the ONS or the Office of National Statistics published that data for the UK. Um, and then the US, the US uh, Census Bureau published that data. So what I think is interesting is you've got, category difference right books versus you know household cleaning goods versus confectionery but then you've also got the market dynamic what what happens by country Mm. so you know those two markets go to show that actually wow america that's you would expect it to be so much higher because you kind of get all those stories but you know you've got to remember the country's a lot bigger yep so getting products to people's probably a little bit harder yes i would imagine i know that i know that uh, average delivery time is slightly longer by about a day in the US. So, you know, fresh goods probably is more of a struggle mm. in non-city areas or non-metropolitan areas. Whereas I think the other thing is that you've got that whole COVID, <laughs> talk about COVID, that COVID thing, that we had lockdowns and different people did different things and different states did different things in America. Yes. Different countries did different things. So in certain countries, there was very lit Sweden, very limited lockdowns. So it didn't force the digital agenda. Not that that should be the answer, but you know, it happened to us in the UK, didn't mm. it? You know, you could not go out. So I think that were the, the kind of the two things, and we see that in the data. We see you know a big spike in lockdowns, a, a little bit of retraction when lockdowns were eased, but not to the levels that it was before pre-COVID. Mm. And as you're thinking about this, as you talk about you know looking at metropolitan areas versus more rural areas, there is a behavioural difference. Is there a danger that we just bundle all this data in for a one single number that we actually 
miss the, the sub patterns. I mean, I feel like I'm almost answering my own question here. <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> so I think, yeah, I mean, I always have this phrase of averages hide the truth. Yes. Because it's aggregate and it's a view of everything, of all sales in the UK. And your business is different and your distribution of customers is different. But you at least would hope you would have at least some idea of what, what that data looks like. If you're doing e-commerce, you'll at least know the delivery address. Yep. So you should know whether they're in or out of city or how far they are away from city. And also, conversely, how far away they are from your stores. Mm. So that I think that answers the question from what works for you. I mean, benchmarks and global studies and et cetera are, all, are interesting to see how others are doing, but that's not you. That's not your brand and your category yes. and your you know, offering or price point, et cetera. Mm. So how, how do you diagnose your own performance? So I think, you know, once you know what this, this number is, you know, as I said, the UK is roughly one in three is kind of Q1 was 28, 29%. I think you need to understand you know, in your category, who else is doing it and, and you know, how present people are in that category and therefore how, how do you compare against the competition? So you could certainly estimate your uh, competitors' paid search costs. Um, you could certainly look at how competitive people are in, in organic search, mm-hmm. but you can also see how much activity there is on, on social and kind of chat and volume around that just to kind of give you an idea. I and mean, then you've got to look internally because that's an external view internally of how much your sales how much is your cost per sale or cost per acquisition what's your profitability on all those channels and should you be driving growth because you know if it's costing you a lot of money to acquire an audience and you're not making any money then maybe it's questionable around what does that look like on the second or third purchase so looking at more of a lifetime value perspective yep. you might you might break even on the first sale but if the second sale is two pound the third sale is two pound the fourth sale is two pound cost per acquisition, cost per discount, cost per sale, you might find that that's where you get long-term growth. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's interesting, you you know, you reeled off a number of different data sources and, and different ways of measuring success just then. There is so much data when it comes to digital retail, right? You could literally spend a massive team analysing everything, taking lots of benchmarks from your your competitors and how they're doing on social. How do you know what's the right amount versus what's too much? (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. It is is chaos because if you just, so so first of all, averages don't work. So average conversion rate of 2% and average cost per acquisition of 40 pounds and average spend per customer of 100 pounds, that's fine, (laughs) but it doesn't tell you where the problem lies. Mm. So for example, if you break down source of traffic, where people came from, and let's just let's just break an example out, okay? So you go very quickly. There's paid social and organic social, so that's two. But within paid and organic social, there's three social networks each, at least, so and continually evolving. Least. And I've been I've been kind. <laughs> so that that goes from three to six, and then arguably there's two device types. Tablet kind of behaves very. We've seen in the data behaves very similar to desktop. So put, okay. You know, big screen, small screen. So you go that three then that became six becomes potentially 12. Mm-hmm. But we haven't added in different campaigns. We haven't talked about branded campaigns versus category campaigns versus retargeting campaigns. We haven't added in paid search. We haven't added in display or affiliates or email. And, you know, in affiliates, there could be 10 affiliates. So 
you know you can easily see that number or that that the, the pots being the pot, pots where you can spend your money being in like 30 or 40 pots yes and i think what's very interesting is people will work to an overall average and and don't go down to the level of detail and is the level of detail boring yes really boring <laughs> really loads of data but what it does is it gives you an idea of which channels are working and over and underperforming and where you should be investing. Mm. And unfortunately, you have to go to that level. But then you can say, oh, that's interesting. Our email campaigns, wow, our conversion rate has dropped a third. Why is that? Oh, that's really interesting. That's because we spammed our, our customer base this month and we've you know, doubled the number of visitors that we've had from email, which is brilliant. But our conversion rates dropped on the back of it. And actually, because they purchased a lot, their share of revenue went up, they're probably not going to buy in the next 60 days. Mm. So you need to replenish the pot with brand new customers. So actually invest in paid search or invest in display mm. or other channels to drive to drive traffic. So I guess the short answer is you've got to do the hard work to split it out, to understand what good looks like, and then apply some basic principles. If your cost per acquisition is higher than your average spend per customer, something's going wrong. Mm. Yep. So with digital we've got to get into the detail of this you know retail is detail devil's in the detail there are lots of lots of catchphrases that tell us how to get in behind the average but as you go in and you multiply it out as you say into all of these different buckets it's going to be then hard to bring it back up so that you can update your senior leaders or other teams in the business how do you best go about doing that yeah very interesting so i think we've got to start with numbers and outcomes and sales and money. And I think the trading teams are brilliant at doing that. They absolutely understand what's working, what's not working from a trading perspective, from a old fashioned pound shillings and pence. <laughs> so they know kind of where the money lies. And I think what's what's particularly interesting is knowing where the money lies, that's what gets in the annual report. Yep. Click through rates, impressions, likes and views do not mean money. Sometimes they do, right? But they are not, they aren't money, right? Yeah. <laughs> not money well, it's, it's the difference between a leading and a lagging measure, right? Exactly. So I think, one, we need to be better at being more commercial and connecting things to outcomes. And I, and I know that's easier said than done, right? There's certain things that happen, happen, mm. happen there. But also, I think we've got hugely capable, intelligent data science and analytics teams. But some of the things, we, we end up focusing on the wrong things mm. and making it really difficult for those that aren't analytical to know what to go and do. So we have to take large volumes of data, and I'll give a brilliant example in a, in, a, in a sec, large volumes of data, understand what's happening, so make some observations. Those observations then need to be translated into insights, and only then when those insights are taken, they need to be interpreted into actions, things I have to go and do. Yep. And quite often people, you hear the word actionable insight, I call it factual observations. It isn't actionable insight because you send it to me in a report that shows me 32.6% of people have looked on this ad and clicked through on it. What? So who gives a crap? Like, What am I going to go and do with that? If you said to me, what's interesting is 32% of people clicked on that ad, but they were from a mobile audience and, on a, on, and they tended to buy t-shirts and they tended to spend 15 pounds, I can then go in action and go, great, I need to change that campaign creative. I need to show T-shirts. I need to show T-shirts within a basket, uh, sorry, a price range of between 12 and 14 pounds yep. or 16 pounds. So I've got a bit of basket stretch there. And I need to target that on Facebook because that works better than Instagram. 
that is an actual set of things that I can go and do something with. Mm. So it's about making it really easy for the teams that are either not analytical or commercial going to go and do the stuff, whether that's a change of media campaigns or targeting, change of creative, change of merchandising, change of promotions, mm. change of content. There's the, there's the very long but not not short answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm also interested just to hear your thoughts on the difference between stores and digital, right? It's digital, you've got, as he's just said, loads of metrics, loads of detail. Relatively, stores have nothing. <laughs> They've got sales numbers. They might have footfall numbers, etc., but relatively nothing, right? How do you best balance the difference between those two channels? Yeah, so what I'm not saying is we should close stores. That's the first thing, right? Stores have a hugely beneficial impact mm. to the brand and to sales. I've seen some really interesting work done in the past with grocery businesses, mm. and they found that when they did store catchment analysis, people that shopped online were people that were in the catchment area of the store yep. because they were familiar with the store, familiar with the brand, familiar with the product yes. and the range. So I'm quite a big fan of looking at geospatial or location-based data mm. and understanding how your store performance relates to your catchment area and actually rewarding the store team as part of that rather than treating it as like a separate P&L, separate business and kind of punishing them, actually rewarding them for, for the success of that store. So it's kind of like the e-commerce business, you know, in, in its most extreme sense, just becomes part of the the retail business in terms of distribution and bonuses, not in terms of counting the money, because obviously it's different and the margins are different, but actually you can understand if you only looked at store performance and you had a bad performing store, but that store had a catchment area of say five miles or 10 kilometers, mm -hmm. and it drove a lot of sales in that locality, that really changes your perspective on the impact of that store. Yes. It might be actually driving a lot of online activity, you know, browsing in store, buying online kind of activity. Yep. So I think it's about connecting those two things together mm. and, you know, enhancing click and collect and making it easier for people to return product. You know, that's one of the other things we haven't talked about is cost of returns. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a whole different, whole different topic. <laughs> oh, my word. You know, oh, this campaign is brilliant. We sold 100,000 of those things and brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, but 25% of them were returned. Oh, and there's a cost to that and they've got to send it in. But, you know, they drop it off at store, then that reduces your cost. Mm. So I think... There's a balance. The challenge I found with stores is I want to light up a new market wherever that market needs to be. My cost commitment is really low with digital. Of course, I have to have a distribution network. Of course I do. But effectively, I need to, if it's English language, launch it in a new market, create a new domain, subdomain, all those fun, fun things that people have to do logistically to get that website built and then turn on my media. And if it doesn't work, I switch off my media. And then I have a deal with my third-party logistics provider. Opening up and fitting out 150 stores in a market with five-year leases and rolling out those store fit-outs is quite a commitment. Yes. So I think that's why I quite like digital because it's you know you can switch it on, switch it on. You can scale a business and launch in markets very, very, very quickly. Mm. So let's stay with that sort of, should we call them an omnichannel retailer that has a selection of stores and digital might be this slightly new, slightly exciting thing. Or maybe they are a brand that has worked with a traditional wholesale model and is getting into the D2C space. Either which way, senior leaders probably have come up through the organisation and might be 
not so engaged with digital or not fully understanding the sort of the the intricacies of of operating a digital business what are sort of the challenges that you tend to see and how can you how can you best overcome them when it comes to engaging that senior leadership team yeah it's it's do you know what it is it can be a really big challenge if you've got quite traditional people in senior senior leadership or the board mm. so i'm i'm going to name and shame brands because why not laura ashley arcadia group like on what on one side of the fence mm. and then on the flip side i'm going to choose a more tra- a traditional retailer that's that's gone online next yep like doing incredibly well and amazing and i'm just absolutely love them or asos 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 yeah <laughs> uh, online provider i know they've there's been challenges recently but in terms of their thinking and the, how the senior leadership team and the trading team behave i think they would understand what digital brings and they would know where digital's working where digital's not working mm. so we could have conversations like things bounce rate and cost per acquisition and sessions before purchase all of those kind of things basket abandonment rate and they would know what you'd mean and you'd be able to change things about it but if you went to a traditional retailer Laura Ashley and maybe we had a head of merchandising or head of buying and we had a traditional brand marketing director there and you're going in and going actually I think we need to change our split of media and actually I think we need to drop that campaign run this campaign run that campaign then we need to retargeting on that one we need to a basket abandonment why don't we go basket abandonment in-house and they're going in place what what are you talking about that's where I think the challenge mm. that's where the challenge can lie and it's not about bamboozlement of, of terms it's about you know very clear language but it's about saying you need someone on the leadership team that understands this stuff they have to have a voice and it's not, but the CMO does that. How much is digital? How much does it account for our business? 3%. So it's going to get 3% of the time at the board, at the boardroom. Well, we've seen what happens to people that ignore digital. And I'm saying it's not the only answer, but you need to have a senior leader that gets it. Mm. That A is commercial and not talking about clicks and likes, but B that understands the space around where they need to change and, you know, a bit of a trading mindset, but with digital savvy mm. background. And interesting that you chose those four companies to name, obviously, Laura Ashley now with Next and a lot of Arcadia or some of Arcadia, I should say, with ASOS. So I think, yeah, that that presents interesting evolutions for those brands as they uh, come up the digital learning curve, I suppose. I mean, Laura Ashley has disappeared, I think. I don't know if they're online only now. With, with um, Next, yes. And we obviously Arcadia subsumed Arcadia Group, or, or sorry, two of the brands. And did you see how quickly they took them, ran above the line TV, ran media and put them on their website? I mean, it's just like, boom, like, wow. Incredible how they did that. Mm. So, Yeah, very interesting. In both cases, with, with incre- both with, you know, both those legacy brands or, or kind of not legacy, they're, they're kind of huge brand equity, you know, really taking years to build it up, but, you know, just failed at the last time mm. to adapt. Yeah, and it, it is interesting when you when you have sort of digitally savvy companies that do know what the plan is, right? And it's it's move move quickly and make it happen. You mentioned earlier about being focused on the right things. And as you're thinking more about lots of different data sources, millions of different metrics that you can divide out into lots of smaller segments. How do you decide what are the right things for your company, Ben? I appreciate that as a, uh, a massive topic, as a sort of a, a finale question. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to get bashed for this, but I think I, I always stop with outcomes. Mm. So I always think about 
what would you put in your annual report? Mm. So sometimes when I get, well, my my email open rate was this percent. I was like, great. So should we put our email open rate on our annual report? I mean, it's very, it's obviously a very cynical way of looking at things, but I think we have to start with outcomes first because it's really easy to then quantify whether you've been successful because there's an outcome, mm. as in revenue or profit or reduction in cost. However, the problem with only looking, so I kind of work backwards, Ollie. So I start with outcomes first. And then what I do is I look at outcomes and I ask why have those things happened? Right. And then that gives leads me on to my set of performance metrics. So that will be conversion rate and basket size or items with basket or average order value. So you might find that, great, my conversion rate's gone up. Therefore, I've made more money. Or my conversion rate is flat, but my basket size was bigger mm. and I made more money. Yep. But understanding why your basket size has changed or whether con- why conversion rate has changed, again, that is not answered in the performance. That just is, is your leading indicator of why revenue went up. Mm. So then it's the next level of detail down, which is behavioral metrics. What are the behaviors that we've seen? So have more people added to cart. Less people added to cart, but more people completed the checkout. We're seeing a different spread of people purchasing within category, actually out across category. So then you start to go, oh, that's really interesting. How does that vary by you bring in these other filters? How does that vary by channel or how does that vary by device? But but still, the behavioral stuff will tell you where you need to focus, but it doesn't have the context. Mm. So I, I the last set of stuff is all about volume, right? Now, what's funny is, so for example, we made more money. Our conversion rate was flat. Our average order value was flat. We didn't see a change in add to cart. And we, we saw very little difference in our cart completion rate. But we attracted 25% more visitors to the website. Wow. Okay. So weirdly, right? Why am I seeing visitors, sessions, click-through rate, and impressions in my volume metric? They're the last thing I should be looking at. I should be looking at has revenue gone up or down? Mm. And it's gone up or down because of these performance metrics have been driven by these behavioral metrics, which contextually, or you know, in, in relation to what's going on, has been because of these volumes. Right, yep. In, in the same way as you would look at, you know, oh, we run a TV campaign. There's all these external factors. Now, I don't have visibility of that. But then when you see campaigns winning awards because they had 5 million views on YouTube, that's interesting. But did it drive sales? Mm. Did it drive? And I know that's easier said than done. But over that time, econometricians have done it. You know, we've seen highly effective banner ads with incredible click-through rates, three times the industry average. Great. So for those banners, did we drive any more sales? Yep. You start at the end and you work back and you understand where the shifts are, right? And you, each shift has then a, a number of, shall we say, leading measures that would guide that shift and and deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole we go. <laughs> exactly and we haven't started overlaying source of traffic or device or repeat purchase Mm. and things you know there's all of these other factors Mm. and you know so i'm clear that it's it's not saying ignore brand or ignore brand metrics they are really important and they sit actually above all of this stuff yeah but if you're not measuring this stuff because that's you know that's a separate topic but if you're not measuring this stuff you know (laughs) you know i have genuinely seen campaigns running over a three-month or a 90-day window where the spend of media has been more than 50000 and the revenue that's been delivered is less than 5000 
attribution, you know, people talk about attribution, you know, looked at it at a visitor level and counted any time that that uh, channel contributed to a sale. And in totality, that campaign made a loss. That's without the creative cost, without the operational cost, purely on media cost. Mm. You suddenly wow. see that and you go, oh, we should probably be across that. And that's because, of the, again, it comes down to that that detail of looking at things by device and looking at things by source and by campaign. Yep. I wouldn't have discovered that at an overall average because email was brilliant and it performed and it hid, it hid this bad performing campaign. Mm. Yeah, really interesting. Really interesting. Ben, we could go into a huge amount of detail. I'd, I'd love to, to continue the conversation, but I'm keen to be mindful of people's time as well. But how can people find out more? I mean, like, like I say, there is an infinite level of detail here. How, how can people find out more? So... We've put everything from our head into a book called Your Numbers Up and co-wrote that with my business partners, uh, Peter Abraham and Tim Shaw, and the absolutely incredible and amazing Jessica Hopkins, who managed to take my hideous copywriting and dyslexia and turn it into some kind of form of sense. So we put all of kind of how to get started and where, where to think about in there but you know feel free to get in touch on you know linkedin and twitter and usual socials just keen to speak to brands and i think really the kind of the focus has been how do we help senior leaders better understand digital to drive growth Mm, absolutely and there is there is a ton of learning it's a, a fantastic book it's it's a beautiful book that is driven to engage and help you understand rather than being what should we say a normal text based book <laughs> so well, a little bit more visual and not bamboozled. It's accessible. So the whole point is to not use acronyms, to not use complex language, but that anyone should be able to read it and understand what digital is about. Ultimately, help helps to embrace digital, right? Exactly. Super. Well, Ben, this has been a fantastic conversation. I've loved every moment of it. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Retail Transformation Show. Thank you, Ollie. No, it's been brilliant. Loving it. And I'm loving the questions coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It is, yeah, really, um, really appreciate you inviting me on the show. It's my pleasure entirely. Thank you so much. Thank you. So there we go. That was Ben Salmon there, author of Your Numbers Up. A great conversation. And of course, data and measurement is an ongoing focus area for many retailers as they continue to transform and evolve. And consequently, There are loads of great episodes to catch up on related to today's discussion. Here are a few recommendations to get you started. First up, check out episode 120 called Understanding Data and Data Science with Ian Shepard. Another great episode there. Also, whilst you're down at that level of scroll on your podcast app, check out episode 124 called How to Be a Data-Driven Retailer. And then another couple of suggestions for you. Check out episode 160, an episode called Stores Vs Online, which is best. And finally, we touched on returns for a couple of seconds. But if that wasn't quite enough for you, then you can head over to episode 149 called The Retail Returns Conundrum, where we can dive in together a little bit deeper. So four great episodes there for you to go and check out. If you'd like a refresh of those episodes, then head over to the show notes today at obandco.uk slash 175. 
and do sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing whilst you're over there. Thanks so much for tuning in and I look forward to joining you on another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now.